Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and I am joined by some of our talented writers and a very special guest this week to discuss the world of indie games. We have Taz here. Taz, this is where you say hello. 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 Oh, my bad. Perfect. <laughs> For the first time on the podcast, we have Sam with us. Hello, Sam. Hey, how's it going? And our very special guest is Law Mage Academy developer. Varenius. Hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. We're going to talk about oh, and no Puppet uh, this week because Puppet dropped her phone in the toilet and she's uh, currently out getting a new phone. So <laughs> on this week's podcast I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's the story that I'm running with. On this week's podcast, we're going to talk about what we are playing. We're going to discuss our question of the week. And uh, the reason why Varenius is here is because we're talking about RPG Maker. Varenius is making a game called Law Mage Academy inside of RPG Maker. So we're going to talk about um, everything there is to talk about, about RPG Maker, I guess. So let's get started. This week, we play a ton of games, whether they're indie or not. So let's start with Taz. What are you playing this week? Uh, still playing some Monster Hunter World. Um, quick little story. Uh, I was I was playing, I was grinding, I was hanging out, having a good time. And I get a call from actually Brotuzak here on Game Raven uh, via Discord. He's asking me some questions, and I was chatting up with him for a second. And, like, I, it was so weird. Like my body just went into like autopilot. And so like right before he called the monster I was fighting had like was running away. So I was chasing it. And as he calls me, I'm like in my head, just in the conversation. And then once he hangs up after like four minutes talking to him, I like wake up and I'm fighting not what I was fighting originally. I'm fighting some giant dragon thing. I'm not dead, nor am I dying. But like, I'm just like, oh, crap. I'm I'm not supposed to be here. Where the where am I? <laughs> How did I get here? I, it, and I I I I busted cheek the opposite direction. So that was fun. That was a great time. Good times. I'm still playing Monster Hunter Rise, and it's man, I'm having a blast with that game. It's nice to just like put on a podcast and just enjoy um, the grind of Monster Hunter. It's it's getting a lot of fun. I I what what do you what weapon are you? Meaning, I don't know if I asked you that question or not last time. Oh, you haven't. That's a very good question. Uh, I've experimented with all the weapons so far, uh, but I think I'm meaning. Uh, I forgot what the genre of the weapon is. Um, I think it's the longsword. I'm meaning a katana right now. I realized that the fl- for the flying baddies, I need to I need to use the bow gun because I can't can't reach it. <laughs> um, so learning learning a secondary main for those types of interactions is good, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, from what I've read it's like uh it's like a baby weapon, like it's a noob <laughs> weapon, but I enjoy it cuz you can actually move around and do some heavy damage too in like the combo system. I don't know if it's the same in the world. I I use the blades in the world. But um the combo system to like build up your power to unleash all these crazy combos is very satisfying uh when i stumble into that and and do it correctly it makes me feel real good <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure because you'll like i think it's called like the demon bar or something you yeah release combo and then you hold something down you do like a pierce attack and then your character like jumps up like 15 feet in the air to do like a down slash and it's like this anime like he slashes stops for two seconds and then the damage happens so it's this kind of full-on like anime cinematic experience so that's pretty cool yeah in rise you sheathe your weapon afterwards so you do like the big drop and then like (laughs) you you sheathe your weapon and then all the the damage counter goes off and it's like 50 50 50 damage and if you feel like a god it's pretty (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty rad um sam what are you playing this week yeah so a couple of games actually um Probably the most is Valheim. I've been into that a lot this last month or so. And yeah, I would say like most of what I'm doing in the game, aside from just progressing, um, we hit the planes 
this last week or week and a half. And so, yeah, I've just been like base building with it, um, getting into a lot of like Japanese inspired architecture with it. And we just, we built a uh, planes castle last week and cool. just kind of like, yeah, setting up the, the plane space there. That's so awesome, man. I got to get back into that game. Yeah, I'm just waiting it. for the new update. That's all I'm waiting for. Oh yeah, the Hearth and Home one. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I think the roadmap said like quarter one or something of twenty twenty one. Which, I mean, it's April already. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So looking forward to that. And I mean, even just like it's one of those where replaying it. I have I've kind of started over again a couple of times just because one uh, I've been kind of unlucky with the seeds like having my second boss be islands away and stuff like that. Um, but also just kind of, it's fun to like go back through, uh, especially in this kind of survival uh, genre to go back through and start from the beginning again. It's kind of fun for me. So with all the prior knowledge that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Cause the first time I play it, I'm like, I'm the kind of person that, wants to like explore everything and see everything the first time and so the first playthrough i'll go for like weeks without even beating the first boss and then but then it's fun to go back through and be like okay well this is the right way to i don't know for example um i was using the spear a lot when i first started it and like nobody uses the spear because it sucks <laughs> i use the spear the spear is dope yeah, although recently, like uh, this last week, I've tried, I've tried to use, I don't know if, how to say it, I think it's at gear, is how you say it. It's like a polearm. And that thing is OP. That thing is crazy. I just used the hatchet the whole time. It just rolled around, just chopped dudes. Oh, yeah, because those dudes, they're, and they're quick too. Like the, the uh, DPS is pretty high on those. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good starting weapon, I guess. Pro, pro tip out there. If you exactly, haven't played Valheim, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Oh man, that's awesome. I yeah, all the all the crazy bases and stuff like that that people make are inspiring and makes me want to play that game again. You also have Age of Empires two on your list. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna get into that. So um, I played that a lot as a kid, uh, and actually it was on the I'm not sure if it was the Game Raven channel or if it was Puppets channel um, was this last week. Oh, it was Puppets. Okay. Um, yeah, so we played Age of Empires 2. It was like the HD remake from eight years ago um, on there. And it was the first time I had played it in years. And so, yeah, it was kind of a good like blast from the past kind of thing. Uh, kind of remembering all the mechanics and the different like unique texts and stuff that the different civilizations had. Um, and so, and I noticed they came out with a definitive, definitive, if I can say it right, uh, edition, I think this last year, the year before last. And so I, I went ahead and got that just to check out like, okay, what is, you know, what is this? And they completely remade the game and even some added some new unique text. Like all the animations are updated to be like 4K, kind of high res. And so it's almost like a different game now, which is really interesting to me, so been playing that a bit yeah i thought i was good at age of empires 2 until i played sam and i realized how dog water i am <laughs> i mean i actually i thought i was good and then i tried a couple of online games this last week and like it's people are good now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is one of those where like there's a certain order, especially in the early game, um, where like it's almost like a race against time to do things in order to start. And if you don't do that, you're like behind the whole game. So, yeah, it is. It can be hard. It, there's like a steep learning curve, is what I'm trying to say um, for that. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's just as fun as I remember it being. So, I've got two heavily addicting games. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Varenius, what are you up to? What are you playing this week besides your own game? Yeah, I've been into Octopath Traveler, the prequel, the mobile game prequel. It's Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent. Currently, it's in Japanese, but that works for me because I'm studying Japanese and it helps me, you know, learn new kanji, 
characters and the the common Japanese terms for games. And it's interesting how it's translated differently, you know. But it plays similar to Octopath Traveler and it looks similar to Octopath Traveler. There are some changes though. Instead of four characters in your party, you can have eight characters in your party. So that's really, it's a new dimension to the game. But it doesn't feel too different. So, but other than that, I'm usually just working on my own game and testing it. Is is the battle system still the same in uh, the mobile Octopath Traveler? Okay, so the thing is, in the original Octopath Traveler, your character can have different weapons and change classes. But in right. this mobile game, Octopath, every character is fixed to one class and one weapon. And like even, even the original Octopath Traveler characters are in there if you manage to pull them from the gotcha. But Cyrus will always be this mage that can use a book. But he has three elements, things like that. And you can switch. So there's a front row and a back row. So if your front row character doesn't have the weapon that you need, you can just switch to the back row. And it adds a layer of strategy because even you can't switch. You can only switch the rows in the same line. You can't switch the character um, at the top with the character at the bottom. So you can only switch in the same line. That adds a layer of strategy and because you have to think about party composition now. As opposed to the original Octopath, you have to think about your job classes. You don't really have to think about where you put the units because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but now it, it matters. So it's interesting how they made it uh, fresh while still feel familiar to, to the current fan base. Yeah, I hope they bring it over here over the states because i really want to play it i've i've i'm slowly going through octopath traveler and i'm really enjoying just how old school it is you know it like yeah. it reminds me of super nintendo rpgs and that's exactly. kind of my wheelhouse so yeah i hope that they bring more of the octopath traveler world uh over over to the states because that game is awesome it's a lot of fun all right cool so that is what we are playing this week Coming up next is our question of the week. What are our favorite video game soundtracks? You'll hear from us right after this. Every day on the Game Raven Review Discord, we ask a question of the day. And now on the podcast, I've taken the question of the day, picked my favorite out, and now we are going to discuss it right here on the podcast for the question of the week segment. So the question of the week this week is what, of our, what are our favorite video game soundtracks? And I want to hear from Varenius first, because maybe there's something in there that's kind of uh, inspiring to you for Law Mage Academy. Uh, what, what, what comes to mind when you think of your favorite video game soundtrack? Um, if you ask me this question like two or three years ago, I would say Persona 3 and Persona 4. Ooh, Persona okay. 3 because of the jazzy themes and Persona 4 because it just sounds really nice. The J-pop theme of Persona 4 is really nice. But now, I mean, my favorite is Octopath Traveler OSC. Just especially the main theme. And when I saw this video on YouTube explaining how Octopath Traveler hypes up its boss fights, and, and it's like, it's so complicated. Well, it's not super complicated, but it's more complicated than you would think. Because b before a boss fight starts, there's a looping 10 to 15 second track, and it just loops on and on. But whenever you press X or, or A or B, at any point in time, it transitions into this main boss theme track. And those two tracks or three tracks are composed in such a way that it still makes sense. Um, the notes and the harmony still make sense, even if you cut it off in any point in time in the track. So just knowing that is super insane, aside from the fact that it sounds really, really nice. I always like the 
the song for Still Snow, I think. Or mm. it's like the first snow village town that you get to with the church in it. Yeah, very Christmassy vibes. Oh man, that that it. it's just so relaxing. And you know, usually mm. with with old school RPGs, it's just you know MIDI horns and yeah. <laughs> and strings and like and like guitar, ran, random guitar shredding. But yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, some of the music in that game is just really, really relaxing. composition is just fantastic in that game another reason why you should play octopath traveler if you haven't already <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in persona game. 4 i have to say persona 4 I has am. the greatest persona 4 golden has the best intro um song of all time every time i boot that game up i have to watch the whole the whole video at the beginning because it's just so good Sam, Sam, you're you're a a DJ, so this I think I am. is a fantastic question for you. Yeah, so yeah, actually, for anybody familiar with my music, you might already know the answer to this. But um, I think in terms of recognizability, I guess there's different ways. I would say like what makes a soundtrack good. There's like the recognizability and kind of uniqueness element, but also like there's kind of the music theory, like how clever and how complicated as a music theory within it, especially with older games, uh, more chiptune based games where that's all they had. They couldn't really change the sound design. Um, and then finally, yeah, the sound design element now with modern games, uh, especially um, like modern PC games where there isn't really a limit to the kind of sounds they can produce anymore. Um, so I think yeah, so going back to the original, um, in terms of recognizability and also the nostalgia factor, um, the original Pokemon games are kind of my go-to for the best soundtrack. Um, I've already released a couple of kind of dance remixes, uh, house music remixes uh, that people seem to like um, based on that, and there will be more coming. So yeah, that's my, I would say that's my all-time favorite. I'm a big fan of uh, of the kind of JRPG style. Like uh, I think Varinius has kind of mentioned it, but the jazzy kind of um, more Japanese-inspired uh, soundtracks are kind of up my alley too. And so, yeah, I can't place any of. I would say like probably like Final Fantasy um, in terms of like a series of soundtracks that I like, it, that would be one. Or uh, like, I'm a big fan of Koji Kondo as well, what he does uh, with the Zelda series. So, yeah. Cool, Taz? Um, I think, I've been, I've, been, I've been thinking about this. I think anything that, any game by uh, Square Enix is just like phenomenal. Like, Again, like the Final Fantasy series, like as a whole, uh, really like 10 soundtrack, 15 soundtrack is dope. Um, and then like even even to like like Kingdom Hearts soundtrack is. Is 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 the juice, you know, it just gets me hyped to fight. The God. Juice? Yeah, it's like like I hear some of that, like boss, those boss fight music. And I'm just like, yo. Like, bring it. I'm ready to fight a, like, freaking Cthulhu at this point, you know?
say for me, it's um, Jet Set Radio. Was a huge influence on on me, like finding music in that genre, and like the the USA version had tracks that the Japanese version did not. So it came with the uh, Rob Zombie Dragula remix. I don't know why, uh, but also um, uh, Jurassic Five was on that as well, and that like blew my mind wide open because I was always into hip hop, but. I didn't know where to find the kind of hip hop that I heard in my brain. And when I heard the J5, I was like, that's it. That's the kind of stuff that I liked. And that sent me on a, uh, on, on down, down the path of, of hip hop forever and ever. So that soundtrack and just the soundtrack in general, like even the unlicensed songs are just so good. The, the vibe of that game is just immaculate and it's all backed up by the soundtrack. So just some of the greatest stuff, uh, Ever, I think, in my opinion, top top five soundtracks of all time has to be just a radio. And also the lowest hanging fruit of all. Final Fantasy VII for me. <laughs> um, I just think Aerith's theme is unbelievable. Tifa's theme is is fantastic as well. I like the somber, uh, uh, sad Final Fantasy music instead of the, you know, like f- fight further battle themes. Is not really my jam. Yeah. But if you give me like a slow, sad piano song, I'm there. I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. Oh yeah, I was actually gonna say like for the Final Fantasy one. Uh, Final Fantasy VI also. Um, Terra's theme is my personal favorite, yeah. As you mentioned, 15 soundtrack and just the the opening, I guess the theme, the menu theme of, of Final Fantasy 15 is just unreal. It's so good. And that soundtrack actually was not by uh, Uematsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I think that's one of I the think... few. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, on, like, on top of that, like, I was thinking um, how it's called. It's Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's got a uh, bunch of letters and numbers after it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. uh, it's uh chain of memory remastered XD nine point nine five four four squared. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. No, <laughs> that's the one. No, just like the entire Kingdom Hearts like menu theme is is called Dearly Beloved by Yoko Shimomura. Yes. And like to have to have that iconic song be like a little bit of change here, a little bit of remastered there, a little bit of remix there to like have that be the entire like you hear that song you think in your hearts and it's similar to like most Final Fantasy games and like Final Fantasy itself has a has its own theme too like I, I feel you on like the nice slow somber like especially with final fantasy like you're going into this great like crazy adventure in every single game but like the menu song is just calm you know you have no idea what you're getting yourself into based off the menu itself oh you're talking about like the arpeggio the do 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 yeah yeah just something simple but it's gonna get freaking bananas you know I, I feel like I read somewhere, and maybe this is wrong, but the reason why uh, I, I want to say that that was maybe like a placeholder or like Uematsu was going to come back to it and like actually make a theme for Final <laughs> Fantasy and then never got around to it. And he was I think he was quoted somewhere saying that if he would have known that he would have put a little bit more effort into <laughs> theme, if it was going to be the same theme for like every game, you know, for 15 games. Uh, I thought that was very funny because it is very ex- extremely simple. Um, yeah. 
I mean, you can do that on a synthesizer by just pushing down a key. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's like the limitation of the hardware at the time, but yeah. also like just leaving it there. And I'll come back to it later. This game will probably never take off, and you know, next thing you know, there's 16 of them. Yeah, yeah, pretty funny stuff. So that is our question of the week. If you want to answer these questions for yourself, you can sign up for the Game Raven Discord on GameRavenReview.com, and we will be right back with uh, all things RPG Maker right after this. to the main segment of the podcast today we're going to talk about one of the easiest ways to create your own game i don't know if Varenius would agree with easiest way but one of the most accessible ways <laughs> to create your own game rpg maker uh Varenius is developing uh his own game law mage academy there's a demo out on steam right now that you can go and check out uh, on the platform and we have questions that uh demand answers <laughs> so thank you so much for being with us to to answer all of our rpg maker questions sure i'm happy to be here thank you so a quick history if you're not uh unfamiliar with rpg maker it, the first series or the let's start over again so if you're unfamiliar with rpg maker the first game in the series came out in 1992 which i had no idea it's that old uh for the nec pc 9801 so if you got one of those lying around uh you can boot up the first rpg maker game <laughs> uh since then there's been a, a ton of games i think there's you know there's the newest one is uh rpg maker mz which came out last year and some uh notable indie games besides law mage academy that has been made on rpg makers uh to the moon and lisa so there we go that is the, your uh, quick history on RPG Maker. I think my first question for you, Varenius. Um, so, okay, quick aside, real quick. Uh, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, I found RPG Maker with my buddy, and we kind of dove in and just kind of messed around and didn't really make anything of note. I think we spent like three or four hours on a game, and it was you know over in five minutes. And then that's when I realized that game development was not in my future. But uh, we made a game called Quest for the Crystal, but we spelled crystal wrong. And uh, it was called Quest for the Cryaddle. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a a really good time. But it's just so incredible to me that you're making an entire game, functional game, instead of this, uh, this madness that I made when I was 13. So I guess my first question is, uh, why did you choose RPG Maker as a platform and maybe give some of uh, the pros and cons to maybe a person who is starting game development for the first time mm. on like why, why, why to use RPG Maker or maybe why to shy away from it now that you're so deep into the system? Right. That's a great question. So I started RPG Maker in all honesty because it went free on a free trial on a weekend in Steam. And I wasn't really, at that time, I wasn't really planning to become a game developer, you know? It's just, I saw the promotional art of RPG Maker. I thought it looked really cool and it's free. So I tried it out and it can run on Mac, on my crappy MacBook Air, and it didn't take up much space. So it made sense to me to try it out. And I loved the built-in graphics. It looks so pretty. And when I made, like, when I played around with it, um, I took a screenshot, posted it on Facebook because for, to me, it looked really nice but, uh, and, and really fresh because I've never touched RPG Maker before. And when I posted that photo, I realized that I think I want to go a step further and try to make something with this idea of mine that I've had since I was in law school, which is the Long Beach Academy. So I, I went, went to YouTube, looked for tutorials, and there were like 10-minute tutorials made by a very entertaining guy called Some Random Dude. And he made like a playlist of tutorials explaining the features in a structured way. So you started making the map, and then he explains the second episode is how to make events 
you know, the NPCs and then how to make a town, so on and so forth. And I watched all of it. It was fun to watch and it was fun to actually implement those in the engine. The, the, one of the biggest pros in RPG Maker is that you don't need to know how to code. So when you go, when you boot up the software, for those of you who are not familiar with it, you, uh, the, the software opens up, there's a window, there's a lot of transparent blocks there. When you double click on a single cell or a block, it opens up a menu. And in that menu, there are four pages. Uh, I'm talking about RPG Maker MV, by the way, which is, and the latest is MZ. The one that came before it is MV. So in RPG Maker MV, when you, when you click on a cell, uh, a page opens up and there are four pages and there are different commands in each page. So in one, in one page, there could be like change items or change armor or control switch, stuff like that. So it's all about knowing what each button does. And that's, that's explained in the tutorials in YouTube. Once you know what each button does, then you can easily put in some dialogue. You can easily make characters move. You can change, give, give your player some items, things like that. So the, the logic behind coding st still remains, but you don't need to know the syntax. You don't need to type anything to issue commands. You just click on buttons and you can see it for yourself, understand for yourself what's going to happen when you interact with this event. So that itself is very attractive. Secondly, there are built-in assets. So if you're going to take Unity or some other game engines, I'm not sure if they come with default assets, but RPG Maker has hundreds of sound clips, several soundtracks, music, uh, a bunch of character models that you can use readily, map assets so you can build levels, uh, at least, you know, prototypes of it. But in other game engines, I think, I'm not sure, maybe you can have some blocks, some square blocks, colored blocks, but you don't have trees. You know, you don't have, uh, you don't have a building, you don't have a, a house. I think you need some asset packs for it. But you can use placeholder assets, like, as again, cubes, colored cubes, stuff like that. So that's another thing. You can make something with the given assets readily uh, and, and you know, make a prototype out of it. And so some people actually sell their games with, with the default assets, which is not, it, it's actually frowned upon because there's so many games out there using default assets and they're not of a very good quality. And so that, that damaged <laughs> RPG Maker's reputation as a game engine. But there are some really good games out there with, that it still uses default assets. Maybe not all of it, but still use it. So that's one very attractive thing about um, RPG Maker. Now, as to the cons, why you shouldn't use it, if, if you're an experienced coder, programmer, um, this might not be the best option for you because you might be frustrated with the limitations. Maybe it's better to use Unity or Unreal Engine or, or any physics engine. Um, if you're planning to make a 3D game, this is not the best option as well. Uh, First-person shooter, RPG Maker is not your best option. What about visual novels? You can make visual novels on any engine. RPG Maker can have visual novels. But again, if you're talking about 3D with physics and, and um, stuff like that, technically you can. It is possible, but it's going to take a lot of work and customized programming that you might as well just use Unity or Unreal Engine for 3D games. Same with multiplayer games or... MMORPGs. There are some people who are doing 3D MMORPGs, first-person shooters in RPG Maker. I've seen those projects in the RPG Maker groups, but they don't look as optimized as you would in a Unity game or in an Unreal Engine. But it's just nice to know that you can expand on those limitations. So right. maybe I'll stop with that. And what about you? What do you think so far? Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, maybe just take a step back. Uh, RPG Maker is more of it's a, it's a uh, 2d for the most part the engine is and the art assets are optimized for kind of a uh, super nintendo late super nintendo early playstation 2d mm. rpg vibe so which is timeless right everybody loves that style mm. so 
Yeah, no, that that was awesome. That was that was really good pros and cons. Uh, Sam, do you have anything? This is Sam, you you have some experience for with RPG Maker as well. Yeah, actually, Henry, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you a little bit. Um, my first exposure to it was early to mid 2000s, uh, about the time that uh, RPG Maker 2000 came out, and then our, and then 2003 after that. Um, and yeah, so for me, it was actually kind of my first introduction to programming uh, with simple like if then logic and event triggers, stuff like that. You know, things that you would need to create a game as opposed to just a script. And so, and for me, I also kind of dove into, it was funny, uh, Vernice touched on the custom assets as opposed to the stock assets. And for me, creating my own custom assets was actually one of the big draws for it. Um, I downloaded some, I don't even know if it'll run on modern PCs, but I, there was some um, basically chipset maker uh, that it was like a third party uh, custom uh, bitmap creator for RPG Maker 2000, 2003. And I had that on my computer and I'm amazed that it wasn't a virus <laughs> given the state of the internet at that time. Um, but yeah, that was my experience with it. And uh, I think that's really affected the way I approach music production as well. Um, I think there are some parallels there, especially with the uh, stock assets, because nowadays a lot of music producers use uh, like samples and loops, kind of pre-made stuff. Um, but for me, the appeal's always been kind of customizing that uh, and making my own thing. And so, yeah, that was one of my first introductions to that actually. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the same for me too. I'm not I'm not too sure. <laughs> it was so long ago; it's like hard to think. But yeah, like like customizing. I guess that's that's a good segue um, into another question I had for Verinius is taking that next step and sort of customizing the assets like ta tailored to your game. What what is that leap like? Because you're solo developing. Uh, Law Mage Academy. So, what what does that leap look like <laughs> to go from okay, I have right. the stock, I have the stock assets. Yeah. Now, like, I have to create my own uh, pixel art. How do I do this? <laughs> Is it easy? Is it hard? Are you still yeah. learning? Actually, all you have to do is to read a documentation of RPG Maker, and they they just ask for um, a sprite sheet. And they say that your sprite sheet, it doesn't even say how many pixels your canvas should be. It just says that it should be divided into these number of equal parts. Uh, it, it should have these number of columns and rows. And the, the engine just automatically calculates how much each frame is. Now, if you go to Unity or, or Unreal, it may work differently. You know, uh, Unreal Engine would ask for uh, Unity would ask for a T post 3D model, or Unity would ask for a different post 3D model, things like that. And you have to learn how to animate them. But in RPG Maker, you just have to worry about the frames. And, you know, so on a technical level, it's very easy to learn. Pixel art, though, it's a different discussion. Um, you have to, that was a whole one year journey trying to pick it up and. Finding a style that I, I I like and that I enjoy in, and, and one more and now thing. You're are you working? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. So just one more thing is that I commissioned puzzle, so I started working on this uh, alone um, as a sole developer. And later on, I found this artist in Twitter, a fellow Filipino, and he doesn't have any experience with game with game design and game art. So I decided to work with him because I really like his quality. And he started contributing more to the character design. And so at this point, I'm starting to think, am I still considered a solo developer, even though I'm working with, with another person? But like, I, still do, I still do most of the work alone. But it's nice to be able to delegate certain tasks to other people, like commissioning artists, commissioning musicians, because it just cuts down the production time um, drastically. But I do have to explain to them in what format should you make these 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 assets, what file type, what are the dimensions? I still have to be able to explain that because it's not consistent in all game engines. You have different specifications for it. 
but that's it so far. That was going to be my question is how have you picked up um, pixel art? Cause I, I downloaded RPG maker like two mm-hmm. weeks ago to, to see if I was like, man, I wonder if, you know, I'm doing all this game Raven stuff and I'm, you know, hanging out, not hanging out, but you know, I'm interacting with, with all these solo developers. And it's like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I could do this. And I like opened it up and I was like, Oh no. And I closed it. I was like, all right, that's, that's enough. Cause it's, you know, I have, I have, you know, what I want it to look like in my brain, but there's mm. no way that I can, I'm not a very visual person. So like to have, I can't translate mm. that at all to, to a screen. So yeah, it's just like, I got frustrated and gave up, which is a bad idea. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was going to be my question is like, how are you dealing with, with uh, the visual side of things? And it seems like you, you uh, have commissioned somebody. Yeah. So yeah, because pixel art seems like it's quite a learning curve. Right. Oh, um, I commissioned the artist to make the illustrations, which the anime busts, you know, the, the... Oh, okay, okay. UI elements, but so you're doing all the sprite work. Yeah, it's sprite work. I'm doing it alone. Wow, that's crazy. Um, at first, of course, I I wasn't able to translate what I had in my mind into the into the game. But as I practiced, and I I really wanted. I'm not sure if you guys know the game. It's called Manakemia. It's it's one of the spinoffs in the Atelier series, but it's called Manakemia because they changed. It's it's about an alchemy school. And the formula is a little bit different. It's more battle-oriented than it is crafting-oriented. Crafting it's released for the PS2 and the PSP back then. And I really like how the sprites look. It sort of reminded me of Ragnarok Online, but at the same time, um, a bit more modern. And I wanted to emulate that specifically. So I studied and trial and error, you know, just trial and error, making revisions, reiterations. But at first, the feet, the feet that were too big, the head was too big, things like that. And I made another one. It took me four months, uh, four weeks to make a revised character. And I just kept at it until I was to the point that, okay, this isn't perfect, but this is satisfactory for now. So I, I went with that, made some more sprites, took a break from sprite making, started writing. And when I would get tired of writing or making the game, I'd go back to making sprites. And I came to a point where I had enough sprites made, so, and that would serve as a template for future sprites. So the more you make, the faster, literally the faster you make them, because you can actually copy-paste the legs or the head, and you can just change the colors a bit, change the shape a bit, and then you're done. Especially if you're talking about three-frame animations, it's easier to complete, because you're not animating a lot of frames. So just Having those limitations, again, they would say uh, RPG Maker has a lot of limitations, which is true, but it also gives you focus. And as you say, you know, uh, limitations breed creativity. You, you try to make the most given what little you have. Um, not to say that RPG Maker gives you very little, but it does have some limitations, but it gives you that focus. Because if you don't have limitations, you just keep trying adding this, adding that, making it bigger and bigger and bigger. Next thing you know, it's out of scope. You get burnt out, you stop, you never finish the project. So I think those limitations can be used to your advantage. And it, it's not as bad as people think it is. It's not as bad as people think it is. Because as you mentioned, there are some very notable games. Lisa, To the Moon, um, uh, Witch's House, you know. And these have been ported to mobile, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation. It is possible. It is possible to port them to other consoles uh, if you know the right people and you have the right connections, of course. But it is possible. So it's not as bad as people think it is, to be honest. This may turn into a, a podcast about the creative process instead of RPG Maker, but <laughs> you're talking about um, you know, the the limitations, limitations breeding creativity. And in the music world, Sam, I think especially you, because you make electronic music. I make a, uh, I don't know, rock music, I guess. I make indie, indie pop music. Um, (laughs) It's, you know, you, you open, um, you know, like Logic or Pro Tools or any music making software and you could do anything. And it's, it's frightening to a lot of people because you can have, 
you know, a hundred tracks on a song or something like that. But then you, you think about, uh, you know, uh, Sergeant Pepper's the the Beatles made that record on a four track tape recorder, <laughs> you know? Oh, so yeah. Like, so yeah, uh, Verenius, I just thought that was really interesting. The, the, that you brought that up as well. I'm seeing a lot of parallels between, uh, I guess the, the, the work that Sam and I do and the work that you do is it's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I think I when he mentioned like building things and building things and then it gets too big in my head, like I was having flashbacks to my earlier projects. And then I would I would try to make this huge chorus or this huge buildup. And then I get to the mixing part of the creative process. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, my God, I have 150 tracks to try to mix now. Like, <laughs> or like yeah, it's not like happening. you can just go wild on overdubs. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this sounds like garbage. <laughs> Just stuck with which i guess yeah, is the exactly. same thing working working with hey this is henry the editor of the podcast just wanted to step in here real quick to say that we had some technical difficulties with this section of the podcast uh our recording bot that we use on discord actually just doesn't want to record sometimes and sadly i didn't run a backup it's been doing really well so far so i figured i wouldn't have to do that anymore and of course i get bit so we lost a question from Vernius that he answered, sadly, but we were going to pick up the podcast uh, mid me asking a question uh, about RPG Maker and if there's anything else that uh, you need to know if you want to make the leap into RPG Maker. So again, apologies. Uh, we are doing this not only on Discord, but also worldwide on Discord. So there's always that chance. So here we go uh, back to the podcast. Thanks for sticking around and thanks for sticking with us. Maybe some advice for somebody looking to take the plunge into RPG Maker. Uh, go, going on YouTube and learning game design. <laughs> like game design 101, you would suggest? Yeah. Yeah, just, just first of all, have fun. Have fun. Make sure to have fun with what you're doing. Uh, if you're genuinely interested on it, you, you won't, it won't feel like work studying and watching YouTube videos, which are entertaining by the way in itself, it's going to be fun and it won't take too much pressure from you. But if you really want to start making a game seriously and you want, you know, you want it to be the best quality possible and you want to sell it, you want to commercialize it, then you have to, you have to first of all, know people in the industry, get to know people, ask them what it's like, how do you break in here? How do you get introductions? And I did that by first finishing my demo, a prototype, have something playable, going to an indie game convention called Indie Fiesta in the Philippines. Um, I was introduced to the organizer uh, because I, I had a classmate in law school and she's also a streamer. And she introduced me to this person and then this person invited me to the event. When I went to the event, I, I met more people. And after one year of working on my game while interacting with these people, I got more opportunities to work in the industry. Just, you know, small roles. Uh, there was a social media manager for a few months. Um, and now I'm a legal counsel in this indie game company called Chicken Club, who's developing uh, SoupBot. And they have connections with, with uh, Microsoft, I think, because they're, they're releasing for the Xbox. And they announced it on the Xbox uh, and Steam. So they have these connections with these companies and just having that, that bridge in the future, should I need it, that is very, very important if you're going to make a game seriously and you want to sell it and you, you expect to be successful. Because I have to draw a distinction between making a game for fun and not expecting anything to making a game and expecting it to be like Undertale or Stardew Valley, and you're going to be rich and you're going to have a full-time job out of it. Those are two different expectations. And those, are, those two require different levels of commitment and different levels of, of work and pressure. So just first decide which one are you going to be. Are you going to... That's how I started. And when I saw people starting liking it, I jumped into that industry of taking it seriously. And you have to commit to that if you, if you really want to pursue it. Uh, it's a whole new different industry with a lot of different skill sets. And it's, the work is just going to get harder. It's not going to be all fun and games anymore. You have, to, you have to manage your project. You have to promote it, all that stuff. Once you're ready to 
make that leap from hobby to serious project product it's it's time to start talking to other people outside the rpg maker community and start talking to real industry veterans so that's how i would advise people this is all really good stuff and it also mirrors the music industry 150,000% which is really funny cuz yeah like you know don't 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 get into make don't start a band thinking that you're going to get rich because <laughs> it's never going to happen <laughs> yeah yeah as as acdc says it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll so mm. the same in game design too um sam or taz do you have any questions at all uh no but i in to share my own experience and how like and and Varinus, I give you like major props and anybody who like does like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna build a game I'm going to provide it for people I'm going to make create my world so that people can enjoy it like that is something that I feel like goes so like like un like unappreciated or just like it's slept on because you know as consumers we're just like oh cool a game but like yeah. like this game the games take years to develop like how long have you been working on lawmage um i hate to admit it but it's been three years now starting from the first day that i picked up rpg maker that's yeah. insane yeah that's crazy wow. three years and a and 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 a demo's out not to say that that's like what like what's taking you but like mm. what to say that like you're you're in the grind and you are making this happen i freaking dabbled in like game maker studio by yo-yo games mm. and i did the tutorial like oh, clown yeah. game I'm like yo this sucks i hate this <laughs> this is not for me i cannot my mind can't and i dabbled a little bit like a couple of years ago with like unity and stuff i'm like so i tried again i'm like yeah no years for this like <laughs> I, I i i'm i'm too much of a consumer i need that like instant like satisfaction yeah but so, like major props to you because you were just like you're in it and like like you you have you even have like your your pixel art like program in the background you say it's for easier launch but like you're just ready to work like whenever you get the chance oh, yeah and like you, you you'll even like pop into streams like you'll support them but you're like don't mind me i'm working on pixel art for law mage so you're like always working <laughs> so major props to you for sure thank you but, but again i was saying that uh, for me it doesn't feel like pixel art in that making the game it doesn't feel like work. So it's a way for me to de-stress. Um, but that's my point initially. If you're having fun with it, uh, we won't feel like work and you won't get you know, too burnt out from it. So I'm just taking my time. time with it. But thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I guess my question uh, is more like big scale. But so you've been on Law Major Academy for a while. And mm. it's like, uh, uh, for me personally, I'm ADHD to one project for a long time. I'm always like jumping between. And so, but when I finish it, I kind of am like, I did this, let's try a new stuff. And so mm. for me, I'm the type of person to like jump to something, a different genre something. Um, for you, you would your next project be the same style? I think are you, or would you want to try something different next? I'm really. I want to make a short horror game kind of game, but even though it's short, like I'm thinking about two hours playthrough, it might still take a year to finish. You know, <laughs> even if it's just two hours, because of the level level of polish required to make it palatable for, for consumers. But I, I'm looking into doing like horror games, short horror games for fun, for fun. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. Because there's a niche genre of RPG maker horror games like uh, To The Moon, uh, no, not To The Moon, but The Witch's House and Yume Nikki, legendary pic, pic, uh, pixel art RPG maker games. And I, and I see some movies Look, I, I don't like horror as a genre. I hate jump scares. But when there's a horror film or short film that doesn't utilize jump scares but still make me terrified of it, I get really amazed by it. And that, that kind of, those kinds of films 
inspire me to make a horror game for people who don't like horror games, if that makes sense. <laughs> people like me, in, in, other, in other words. So I want to, I want to try to do that because it's a challenge, and I think it, I can, I can pull it off. Nice. Yeah, that would, that would be really cool. I had another question, kind of on a different track or like a different mm-hmm. about the like pre-made assets. Um, music, yeah. There's like pre-made samples. Sell their own sample packs, and that's mm-hmm. like a source of it for a lot of producers. Is it that way for like pixel art, like? for developers or how that like a thing oh um no there are no well i'm using a sprite which is it's like photoshop but specifically for pixel art plus you can animate in photoshop you can't there's no animation feature built in though you can technically if you know how to do it but when you download a sprite the only pre-made assets would be the color palette because in pixel art, colors very important, and you have different color palettes. Because in the past, uh, you know, the eight-bit era, sixteen-bit era, you were limited to these number of colors. So that's what gave rise to pixel art, uh, given these limitations. Now in the modern era, you're not limited to the number of colors anymore, but colors are still very important in pixel art. So that's what's built in. The community made these pre pre-arranged or pre-made color palettes that you can use, but you can still customize it. But you won't necessarily see like a character and you study it in the program itself or character and then you edit it. But you can go to Google and look for templates, pixel art character templates. That you can do. And then you import it to your A sprite and then you, you know, you edit it, you customize it. There's a lot of things like that, templates out there which you can use. There's also a website called Spriter's Resource where you can find the sprite sheets from different games uh, in the past. And you can use that as a reference or inspiration or what have you to study and to, so that you'll be able to create your own. That's what I did. I didn't use a template, but I used Spriter's Resource to create my own templates and my own style for it. Interesting. That's, yeah, okay. Mm. Great, great well, questions. Yeah, I, I think sadly we're almost out of time. I think we're mm. we're at just about an hour. Um, Sam or Taz, if you don't have anything else, um, I guess I'd ask Verenius if there's anything that you would like to say before we uh, before we close up shop here today. Just dem- uh, ch- do check out Lawmage Academy. The updated demo comes at the end of April. That's a target. And I hope you, you all enjoy it and try it out. Thank you very much for having me, Game Raven. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. We won't take up any more of your time. We'll let you get back to Law Mage Academy so you can get, get, to that, uh, get to that demo, get the demo out the door in time. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You so much. Um, I, we were going to talk about RPG Maker, but I think we just talked about the creative process, which is awesome. So <laughs> yeah. this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I have been Henry J, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64, where I stream uh, all sorts of stuff every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Sam, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me most big social media platforms at SamHipOfficial, spelled S-A-M-H-I-P-P, and then official. And I'm on Twitch uh, Monday evenings at 8 p.m. and Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Uh, doing uh, mostly house music and techno, uh, but we do get weird sometimes and try other stuff. So, yep. Taz? Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on pretty much all virtual platforms. I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, I am a variety streamer and I stream to the Game Raven channel for my Indie Wednesday. So I hope to see you there. And Vernius, plug your plug all your stuff one more time. You can follow me on Twitter at Lawmage A, and you can also find Lawmage Academy on Itch and Steam. Just search in Lawmage Academy and you will find me there. So thank you so much once again for having me. And as always, find us, Game Raven on Twitter and Twitch at GameRavenReview and GameRavenReview.com and join our Discord. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic week.